I'm going to throw you under the bus right now. She was asking me and Cody, she goes, have you guys gotten to that point where you like realize you haven't showered for two days? <laughs> no, I said three. She said three. And I go, you know no. what I'm talking about. I've, I've been there. Okay. I. Five. What? Welcome to the Finding Your Shine podcast, hosted by best friends, Nina Boyce and Liz Garster. Enjoy a dose of Monday motivation each week as we interview people lighting up the communities of health and wellness, spirituality, and personal growth. Wherever you are in your journey to health, happiness, and self-love, our real and authentic conversations with guests will keep you inspired and empowered. And keep you laughing too. Thanks for listening. We're honored to join you in Finding Your Shine. Hey guys, welcome back to a new episode of Finding Your Shine podcast. Today, we are talking to the amazing founders of Haven Collective, which is a co-working space in Upper Arlington, a area. It's not a suburb. It's a borough? It's a suburb. A borough of Columbus. Anyway, it's like right by downtown. It's super close. Um, But yeah, we're talking to them about the co-working space and we dive more into like entrepreneurship and like the isolation that can sometimes come along with that. Working with your best friend. You hear a little bit of that at the end. Fostering community and the importance of that. Yeah, it's a really, really good episode. But before we launch into this episode, we did want to remind all of you that we have a Patreon account, which is a really great way to sponsor the podcast if you guys are fans or interested. Um, we have a lot of cool things coming up with that. So, it's been revamped. So yeah. if you checked it out before and you're like, mm, I don't know about that, not really for me, we've got some really cool new things that we've added that bring a lot more value and help bring our community together in one space, another way for you guys to connect. Yeah, so just a little bit about that. Our, we, our new tiers involve getting blooper episodes from us once a month. Which they'll probably be like four hours long. Yeah, so. they're going to be good ones. So we're going to have blooper episodes. We're also going to be giving away merch. So we have stickers and tanks coming for you guys. Be on the lookout for those. Um, and we're going to be giving out lots of discount codes from the people that we interview as well as monthly giveaways over on our Patreon. So you can head on over to Patreon at www.patreon.com slash finding your shine podcast. All right, guys, we really hope that you enjoy this next episode. Hey guys, we are here at Haven Collective, a really awesome co-working space in the Columbus area with the two founders, Melissa Blackburn and Danielle Lim. Lim. Which we You get both of us saying your name. Yes. Yeah. We got excited. We got excited. We have both names down. I'm so bad at names. I get even first names for me. I have to prep and like make sure I remember them. I was a teacher for how many years and I'm still bad at names. For me, I don't know anyone's names. I know all their Instagram handles. Oh. Your nurse was Nina. Yes. Like, I didn't know your last name. Boyce. Voice. Yeah. That's but how I'll never remember that. Like Sari. You're like my friend Sari. And I was like, Eat well Detroit. And yeah. Not- <laughs> right. You're like, Eat well Detroit. Fried eggs and Sam. Like everyone, yeah. everyone's yeah. known just by their Instagram. Do you have an do you guys have your own Instagram handles? We do. Yes. We do. Ooh, personals. Yeah. Throw them out now. We usually throw them out at the end, but since we're talking about them, might as well throw them out at the beginning. Yeah. All the best stuff is on Haven.collective, but mm-hmm. you can find me at Melly B. Burn. And Danny Allison 80. Mm. Yeah, she was an early adopter. Got it. Well, we have both been to this beautiful space before. I was here for um, the Harness Magazine launch. I was here for something else, too. I don't remember what it was at this point. I've never been here, so you just— You haven't? No, you're like, we've both been here, and I was like, five minutes ago. I could have sworn you were here once before you moved. No. But you knew the space because you— Oh, you looked at it online? Yeah, I was like, I wish I could join there, but I'm moving. You're a prepared interviewer today, looking online, checking out the space. I mean, it was for personal reasons. I was like, I could work there. Yeah. That's almost better. Thank you. Yeah, speaking of the space, it is beautiful, which is like one of the reasons why I enjoy coming here. And a lot of my friends work from this space. So before we even dive into that, I guess, do you mind each telling our listeners a little bit about yourself and then we'll go into your story a little bit and then more about the co-working space? Sure. Whoever wants to start. Oh, eeny, meeny, miny, mo. <laughs> um, uh, Danielle and I, I've been basically working from home for different companies for many, many years, about 15. I started my career in venture capital. Um, what is that? Venture capital is, Mm -hmm. it's a really interesting way that companies that are startups get funded by private individuals and they get those financings to help them grow and expand their business. 
So I started out there and went back to school and got my MBA at Ohio State. And from there, I switched over and started into marketing. And so I've been running a marketing department um, until Mel and I started this. Oh my! So are you doing the marketing anymore? Yes. So I'm doing the marketing for Haven. And I'm also marketing coach for those people that are solopreneurs or startups trying to get things going. Oh, nice. Okay. And your story. Yeah, Melissa here. But really, you guys can call me Mel. That's what my friends call me. So I prefer it. Okay. But... um. Wow. About me, I've been in the professional world working for the man for Mm. a really long time and last year decided that it just had been enough. I have worked as an operations professional the majority of my career, so running large staffs, um, everything from sales departments, marketing departments to, you know, the gamut of running operations. And really had had enough about last year and finally decided to take the plunge and become an entrepreneur that I always knew I wanted to be. Um, I hesitate to tell you more about my story because a lot of it feeds into the Haven story. But um, I guess the short answer is just that I have been an operations professional for many years. Now, now what does an operations professional do? Because I don't even know what that means. I know. It's it's kind of hard to describe. It's really the person who is the right hand of the CEO, generally, in that seat that's helping to run everything from finance to sales to marketing to, a lot of times, customer support. Mm. And so I did that specifically for financial companies and have done everything from working in New York for a list marketing company Mm -hmm. to working here in Columbus for a startup payment processing company. Mm. So it's it's really industry. It's not industry specific what an operations professional does. It's more just like plugging into mm-hmm. different businesses and helping them run efficiently. Got it. So you both were over like the corporate job scene. Yeah, very much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then Haven Collective was born. Dot dot dot. Is that yeah. so? Did you guys know each other before you wanted to do this and bring together this co working space? Yes. Mel and I actually met about 10 years ago at Ohio State. We were both going back for our master's in business administration and met at orientation. She was the only other woman in the room. And I basically walked up to her and told her that we were going to be friends. And she was right. Yeah, I just decided and told her so. And she (laughs) thought I was part of the staff. So she just like nodded her head and was nice. Sure, I'll be your friend. And then the first night of class, you know, I'm like, over here, come sit with me. Yeah. So, you know, that was that. And um, we met in school too. You did. Yeah, bachelors. We're freshman year roomies. Yep. Nice. We were placed together. I also was basically like, Liz, you are going to be my friend and come with me to all of the freshman events. That she promptly didn't Remember, do. I like sat in the room and I was like, no, that's cool. I don't have to go bobbing for apples or whatever they make freshmen do. <laughs> she didn't want to do any of the it orientation like stuff. Like all the sponsored stuff that like the school does. It was like, I was like, no, I'm cool. I'll just hang here by yeah. myself. Then we like went to a couple parties together and then we made all mutual friends and… Then I got out a little more. <laughs> and then the rest <laughs> is history. So you guys met first day of class. We're friends. First day of class as adults, masters. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, all throughout our friendship, I, you know, I've always known I wanted to do something of my own and would come to Danielle probably once a month, maybe more with just a different idea here and there. And nothing really like struck either mm-hmm. of us. Um, and I just kept always thinking like, okay, if I can convince Danielle, then it's like a good idea. Like you knew <laughs> that the two of you were going to partner up. I feel like we are very similar because I was yes. like, I want to do this. Will you do this with me? I have ideas. Um, I didn't necessarily always think I was going to do something with Danielle. It was oh, more just okay. she was my litmus test. Mm. Well, and with your venture capital like background, that's probably how you you could view it from that lens. Absolutely, yeah. And so, you know, I, though I never was wanting to go into a business where I would take on capital um, of that nature. Danielle's just always a great sounding board. So came to her with a lot of different ideas and none of them really like stuck or got either of us excited enough to keep going. But um, then until one fateful until night, one day. yeah, <laughs> we were having dinner, drink. She was drinking sake. I was. There was a lot of sake involved. Yeah. And Every good all idea good comes from drinking. We were drinking <laughs> wine when we came yep. up with our podcast. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, she was drinking some sake and had told me that she heard this amazing thing on NPR that day. Yeah. So basically there was this great story about female-focused co-working spaces that had childcare. And I had been complaining about working from home for 
she was probably tired of hearing about it for years and years. So I told Do her, you have kids too? I don't. Not yet. Okay. Not yet. <laughs> but yeah, so I was complaining and And I think I almost fell out of my chair. I was like, that's it. That's what we're doing. That's amazing. <laughs> that's we're one. doing it. I mean, for so many reasons. It just instantly made sense. Mm-hmm. You know, I alluded to earlier, like the operations professional thing. Well, the biggest part of what I had been doing my whole career was building community and culture mm. and retaining talent within companies because that's really what you do in that role. Right. And it just felt a little hollow when I was doing it for a corporate. But then when you think about doing it in a collective community like Haven, mm-hmm. it's a lot more exciting. Mm. You know, we're not all working for the same boss, but we're still building a culture around it. Yeah. And, and there is definitely a culture here. Like just when we were taught, when I was talking to you about the girls that were on the women's um, empowerment event that we just did and how we're planning another event. It's like all of them work here. You're like, oh, they're all at Haven. And I feel like there's very much like a a women's Haven community. Yeah. And like, oh, you're a Haven person. Like you're a Haven collective (laughs) person. Got it. You work over there. So yeah, you've definitely done that. Even just like through the entrepreneurship world in Columbus. I know that about you guys. That's awesome. um, Which is really cool. Thank you. Yeah. And I think I do want to point out that we started out really struggling with whether or not it was going to be women only. Mm, and wow. and I I'm just gonna say it was Claire Coder. Claire Coder pushed us over the pushed edge. us over we the really edge. She way. gave us you know something we did early on and continue to do is really trust other entrepreneurs and mm-hmm. really bounce ideas off them and kind of get, take pulse on things. And so we sat down with Claire early on and told her what we wanted to do, and she was so adamant now, about who's it. Claire. She is Aunt Flo. She is the CEO oh, of Aunt Flo. Awesome. And no um, way. yeah. Is that a Columbus thing? Yeah. We now need to get Claire on the podcast. She's in New York right now doing Tech Stars. I think oh, it's called Tech yeah. Stars, right? Tech stars. Um, we're so proud of her. She's How did you guys doing... meet her then? Just through networking. Yeah, networking. I mean, we've we've both built up a pretty strong network, you know, before we started this. Mm-hmm. And so as soon as we started telling people what we were thinking about doing. You know the the connections started. You know, going further and further into yeah. that, into the roots of the city. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's just how Columbus works. Everyone yeah. moves to Houston. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, which is so great. Oh <laughs> that's my exactly gosh. what we found. Yeah, yeah. Even moving from the suburbs to the city in general, I've met so many more people, and I'm walking around and I see the same people, and yeah. I, yeah, it's crazy. It's like even it's like I don't, a big small town is what it feels mm-hmm. like. I think. Yeah, it really does. Okay, so she, what did she tell you? She was like, "You can't make it women only," and you know, gave us all her reasons why, and and really. I can explain why I ultimately came to that and then maybe I have something Absolutely. different. You yeah. know, it, it really, the more I thought about it, made sense. We're a collective. We're trying to be an inclusive community that embraces different perspectives, mm-hmm. all, you know, sipes, sh- sizes, shapes, mm-hmm. colors, you know, genders, everything. So why would we exclude anyone? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that just, number one, went against it. And number two, I really want to change the conversation about what it means to be a working parent. It's not just the woman's responsibility. And so I thought, I felt very strongly about the fact that, you know, if childcare is going to be here, men are going to be here too. Yeah, that's such a good point. And I think there's a difference with, like, and we've talked about this with our podcast because we've never said like, you can't listen to this if you're a man, but the target audience for our podcast is typically women. So I feel like that's kind of, I'm sure like the aesthetic of being here, it, probably leans more female, but without being exclusionary in that way. Yeah, It's us. If everywhere you look, it's Melissa and Danielle up on the wall. Our heart is every single piece of this space. Yeah. And so even though we were not excluding anyone, of course, it feels more feminine. Mm-hmm. It attracts women here because of us. You know, we're part of this thing. Women's yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. I, I find that to be with the podcast too. And we've had how many men on here? Our husbands. Chris, Chris Medina, Medina, the psychic. Ooh. No other that, men. That might be it. Yeah, yeah, that might be it on the men train for us. But it's not that we're necessarily excluding men from being on the podcast. It's just we attract a certain type, I guess. And But we're trying to broaden it in the same respect, like what you were explaining too. Like we want to be more inclusive and like be more diverse and spread... Um, and just like brought in that audience and guests a little bit. So maybe that's going to include men for us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I would I would um, encourage you to do that. We are so lucky 
the men that are here are exceptional. Yeah. You know, they're open-minded and supportive and so excited about what we're doing. In fact, some of our first bigger tenants, bigger, you know, people taking offices Mm -hmm. were men who really believed in what we were doing, were championing us and just, you know, trusted our vision and it's been awesome. Yeah. So with the whole uh, childcare thing, I that's such a unique piece of what you guys do. I was at Mission Coffee, one of my favorite coffee shops in the city. And somebody that came to the Women Empowerment event saw me and we started talking and she is like eight months pregnant. And she told me that when she has her baby, like she wants to come to Haven because it has childcare. She's like, that's where I'm going to be going. And so what- Because you can be close to your child, but also then like, because I work from home and I've thought like, okay, if I have a kid, like I can be at home with the child, but like- it's How a much plus. work am I going to get done? None. Yeah. So. Is everyone listening to me? Right. Yes, yeah. None. So that's why I think it's, I mean, very needed. Yeah. So setup. when you guys came up with that idea, I, well, what was the, re- like, why did that pop in your head? Well, for me, listening to that original NPR story, I was recently married. I knew that my husband and I wanted to have children and I had been working from home and struggling to stay on track and to stay focused without children Mm. running underneath my feet. And so I couldn't fathom how that was going to happen if you added more people into that routine and into that space. I mean, I already had dishes overflowing from the sink that would be calling me in the middle of the afternoon when I didn't want to do a task for work. And, you know, laundry and television and all of those things that if you work from home for a long period of time, they really get in the way. They really get in the way of getting stuff done. And so I was like, gosh, if we're going to have kids, I need to get a corporate job. Like, there's no way. And then when this came about. Yeah, my daughter was (laughs) a year and a half. and My son was a few months old. Oh, my God. When we decided this. And it was just everything I was looking for. You know, a community that understood what I was going through. Because, again, in the corporate world, though, I had some pretty great coworkers. Nobody really cared what was happening in my personal life. It was, you know, what could I bring to the table while I was in the office? And I just felt like there's a better way Mm -hmm. because you don't forget about your babies when you walk through the door Mm -hmm. at work. Your husband works here too, right? He He has an office here. Does Does your husband work here? Some days. He's a consultant. So he's on site at other clients, but got it. Yeah. So when you guys are both here, are your kids here all day? No. Oh. They're not. Um, So we are very fortunate that we were able to have our children in full-time daycare. They were, you know, we made the decision when we were going to do this that we wanted to keep their life very stable Mm. while I got this up and running. Um, So we're not even... We're not a year in. We're not a year in. No. No. Yeah, when did you guys launch? February. Wow. I didn't even know that. And how many people are working here right now? We're up to 75 members now. Wow. That's yeah. great. Yeah. It yeah. seems like you guys yeah. have been around for longer. So we have an 8,000 square foot building here, two floors. And so what we decided to do is take the second floor and get it like, it was in better condition. So we decided to get that renovated first and work out of there. We took like two, maybe three office members and a few co-workers that were all willing to just kind of ride with us while we got the whole first floor gutted Mm -hmm. and renovated. So that was October of last year. But Mm -hmm. we didn't open our doors and welcome as many people Mm -hmm. as we could until February. So so during that period, it was insane. You know, my my husband is an entrepreneur. I'm starting this business. You know, the babies are young. We just had to keep something stable for the kids. And so... um, we're definitely excited to get them here soon. Yeah. Um, but for right now, it's they're doing their own thing. I just thought it was interesting since you guys both work here, if you guys yeah. are taking advantage of that or yeah. not. Or Yeah. My kids are here generally like a part of one day a week. They and were just here a second ago. Yeah, we got so to cute. meet them before we started podcasting. Yes. They are so sweet. Um, but it is, it is very nice to have them in a program where I know that... Um, just they're getting the same structure every day yeah. and I don't have to like worry about it. Yeah. Now, do you, in the people that work here, like how much collaboration is there between them and you guys? Like as far as like how Haven runs, like 
is it like cooperative in that way? Or like, because there's obviously so much, I'm sure, creative energy here from the people that work. I'm not sure like how collaborative that is in any kind of like changes you do here or things you bring in. Um, We do a lot of collaborations with our events and our members. So when we look at our events calendars, we're talking to our members, not only about what they want to see, but what do they want to teach? What do they want to talk to people about? And so they're actually helping us provide content for other people and it helps them reach more people and it helps us, you know, the same way. And so that's, that's our primary, you know, that's the only really Mm -hmm. co-op. That's definitely collaborative, but, but I would say, you know, a, big thing that happens here is just using voice of customer data. And again, that goes back to my operational background. I just, you know, we put out our minimum viable product and then build on that based on user feedback, essentially. So, Mm -hmm. okay, we knew where we could start and what we wanted to spend money on, but we waited for a few things, you know, waited for a few members to get here and tell us and validate that before we like went and bought phone booths. Yeah. Right? So like what mm-hmm. do, like what do in, your right? customers want? What are the people that are working here looking for? And then you guys collaborate with them in that way to keep growing yeah. and adding things. Yeah. Like we started out with, you know, one type of snack. This is just yes. a base example. Yeah. One type of snack. What was the snack? <laughs> um, we just did granola bars, like kind bars. Yeah. We had kind bars and like trail mix. Yeah. And man, we go through trail mix here like crazy. <laughs> yeah. But now talking to more of our members and understanding that they want to eat healthier and try vegan lifestyle. We're bringing some of that food in. We're working with a local provider, but all because like we just wanted to start somewhere and give them something, get the conversation yeah. started, yeah. hear what they want and then upgrade. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what people, I mean, that's what I want in a working environment is like, okay, are they listening to my needs? Is this like going to be, because when I, so my husband has an office at the foundry. So it's mm-hmm. like a totally different totally vibe different. than here, like 100% different vibe. And being his wife and him having an office there, I get a free membership. So I go there all the time. And it's like, okay, I when I'm there, it's like I want a certain vibe. And so it's interesting to say like, if I were to come here, it's like, I want a certain vibe in my working space. So if you guys were asking me like, what is helpful or what are you looking for? It's like, that's what people want. They yeah. want to be in an environment that's going to work for them so they can get stuff done and they can like have the community that they need. Um, I don't know if that all makes sense, but. It does. And I think actually that makes me think of another point. You know, Danielle and I are always talking about like, you have to find the co-working space that works for you. Yeah. We all have our own personality. Oh really. yeah. Very different personalities. And, I mean, the foundry's amazing. It's huge and gorgeous. It's just very different. It'll appeal They're to very different people. Yeah. all different. Mm-hmm. I've only looked, I mean, I've only been to a few just from events that I've done or people that I know, but my husband was saying he's toured like so many and they all, it they all, like a podcast, there's so many podcasts, like mm-hmm. people gravitate towards certain ones yeah. and certain personalities. I feel like each co-working space has a personality. It does. If you were to go interview for a job, like you're evaluating the culture as much as you are the job. Yeah. Right? So every co-working space is going to have that same culture, Mm -hmm. like their own culture. So that's really important in picking one. So what do you do with your culture background? Like what are some of the things you do to foster the haven? Ooh. That's a good well, the first See, I told thing. you, yeah. she whips out these profound <laughs> questions that Nina never comes up with. Um, well, number one, you it's going back to the voice of customer. So mm-hmm. we're always thinking of ways that we can take what we're hearing and actually implement it and make sure that our members know we heard you. We're doing this because we care mm-hmm. about you. We heard you. So number one is just like being vigilant about mm-hmm. just staying on top of what people want and not ignoring that. And then number two is really understanding what people do. I think it's very important. It's the biggest part of our job, yeah. making sure that everybody feels, I mean, it's it's just, I hate to say it this way because it's not false, like making them feel special, but like heard. Mm-hmm. Like I know. Like I have a place here. Mm-hmm. I know what every single person does here. Yeah. What they specialize in, what lights their soul on fire, like who do I connect with whom, you know, like… We know what oh, they're working on. We know, yeah. yeah. How's that awesome. project going? Oh, when's that deadline? You know, like just keeping them top of mind and letting them know that we care about what they're working on and know who they are as people. Um, that's a huge one right there. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that was one of the biggest things I felt was missing from co-working in Columbus when I was doing it was that nobody knew who I was. Mm-hmm. They didn't They didn't seem to care. They had too many people that they had to cater to and worry about. And so they were more concerned with 
you know, the conference rooms being clean Mm -hmm. and taking people on tours than they did about who's actually here and what do they still need. Yeah. Well, I think Mm -hmm. too, and I don't know if you've experienced this yet, like transitioning from teaching, but while working at home can feel like I think everyone always gives me like, oh my gosh, it's great. You just sit in your pajamas. Like, yeah, it's also <laughs> really isolating. Oh my gosh. I've and so, so I mean, I, I have the luxury of working with my husband. Sometimes we have to go to different places because it's a <laughs> lot of together time. <laughs> yeah. We sit in a room, just the two of us for like eight hours a day or more. Um, and then we're like, all right, let's make dinner and live life now. But I think that's great because I mean, that, having that conversation with people makes it feel like there are co-workers in a sense that they used to have yes. that they don't have anymore as mm-hmm. entrepreneurs or solopreneurs. Yeah. And it's just, it fosters so many conversations. Like that's why so many of our members work with each other on projects because we might mention like, oh, did you know that, you know, Laura's great at coding the back end of a website? Uh, oh, and you're having trouble with that? Here, like right. come, yeah, to, yeah. come together. Yeah, be friends. Go work. I um, I was, now that I'm done teaching, I was so overstimulated with teaching for so many years. I mean, I had 300 kids. And so I was just like everything all at once. And now I still, I can't sit still though. So I'm not ever really by myself. I'll be at my home for a little bit and then I'll go to the coffee shop. And then maybe I'll go to some place where I can like eat and work. And then maybe I'll set up a meeting with like Rachel from the Beauty Boost and go meet her at Haven or whatever. And I, but I can see if you are like really focusing in and like just doing your own thing, why it's beneficial to have a co-working space that you can go to because I don't know. I haven't been by myself for like a whole day yet where I feel super isolated, but the more more people I talk to, they keep telling me that. They're like, mm-hmm. when you work for yourself and you're doing this, you it feels like you're very alone. You can speak to that, Danielle. I mean, you did yeah. it for years. Oh my God. Yeah. The island effect. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's extremely isolating. And not only on your day-to-day um, activities, but also your career can suffer. I mean, I felt like I went to graduate school. I I met all these amazing people and it really pushed me to expand my thinking and go into new things. And and then when I got to work, there's no one there pushing you anymore. Mm -hmm. Like you're the only one that can push you to do anything. And so I saw all of these friends that I went to school with advancing in their careers and learning new things and changing things up. And I was just at home in my pajamas very often watching the West Wing and typing an email at the same time. Sounds great. Um, (laughs) I think for about an hour. (laughs) I think the key thing that I heard though that I can resonate with is like when I, when you're in, well, Liz, wait, what did you, why did I forget what you did before? Oh, you worked at a credit union. Yeah. And so you were in that environment. But in Mm -hmm. teaching, it's like I'm collaborating with the teachers. I'm working, I worked with the band and the orchestra teacher and I would go and help another middle school teacher and you'd get ideas. And the one thing I'm struggling with right now is that I don't have anyone to learn off of yeah. or hear information from. So I have to seek out people to have calls with me. Yes. Like, hey, do you want to meet for coffee and just talk? Or like um, this one girl that went to school with me and IIN in the program we did, we set up monthly calls with each other so that we would just talk and just bounce ideas off of each other. And that's the one thing I say is like super important or else how are you going to grow? You're you're not in an environment where you're learning from other people. I think I could never work from home by myself. (laughs) It sounds very much like you, Nina. Like I just, I have to be out and getting ideas and being excited and, you know, just surrounded by that energy. Um, And it's it's so funny that this comes up because we just hosted a big table talk two days ago about community and Mm. the real cost of isolation. And, you know, so much of what came out in those conversations was just how isolated people feel, how hard it is for them to make friends, Mm -hmm. how much harder that gets the longer you're doing it by yourself. And, you know, just talking about like, how do we cure that? How do we pull more people out of their shells? I think you have to break. I think you have to force yourself to get out of your comfort zone a little bit. Maybe, I don't know about you, or I, you said you're kind of like me in that sense. Like it's, I have it. I have to do it. I have to get out and talk to people. Uh-huh. I think some, like Liz, I feel like you can. Have, yeah, you can just be in your space. Yeah, but it takes some discipline and I get distracted by, I get distracted. Like my environment is very important to me. So it is the dishes. It is the one, it's the stuff that I'm like, I can't really focus until like this is all taken care of, which my mom has to be like, 
she listens to every episode. Um, she has to be hey, like Rose. laughing really hard because my bedroom <laughs> used to like spill into the hallway. So oh, she's like, what is this? What is she talking about? Our listeners about? know about how our dorm room looked freshman year. We had a specific nook that was just for the dirty dishes. Yeah, it was oh. in a window and we stuck them in the window and they got moldy. Yeah, oh. that, yeah. that was us. Yeah, yeah, we're great. When you do work from home, that whole... That work-life balance, which I do think it is very important to be like, I'm doing this now and now I'm doing this and be able to transition. It gets so blurred. (laughs) Like, because I mean, there'll be days. I don't leave my home for days. One time, I'm going to throw you under the bus right now. She was asking me and Cody, she goes, have you guys gotten to that point where you like realize you haven't showered for two days? (laughs) No, I said three. She said three. And I go, you know what I'm talking about. I've I've been there. Okay. Five. Five. What? Nice. See, I, there is something about me where I just cannot, I, I just like have to get up. I got to do, I don't understand, but then I wish I had that calm. I think it's because I have anxiety. Like I just can't sit still for that You're long. You're speaking my language. You yeah. don't even understand. Like, yes, this I, is I don't so think it's me. a good thing. Maybe we need to balance. Like you, we need to balance our energy. Yeah, because what I do like a lot, this is the worst that I get is all like, wake up, lay out, like roll out of bed. I haven't even like brushed my teeth. I just sit at a computer like a slob and like just answer emails. And I'm like, my last night's makeup is like all over my face. It's almost knocked over the I also remember when I was like, hey, Liz. I got excited about my slobby situation. I was like, hey, Liz, I'm going to come over. And you're like, that's fine. Zach may or may not have showered in like a few days, but you can come over. Like they are very, they're very open about the fact that neither of them shower. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you haven't left your house in three days and you've been in pajamas, what do you need to shower for? I guess so. Well, okay. So we can work at home or we can find co-working spaces and and that make a shower. That make a shower. I'm saying I feel like it's good because I do think when you're able to be like, okay, I'm going somewhere, you are, I think your mindset is different when you're yeah. dressed and yeah. showered and going to quote unquote work, you know, yeah. I think it's a, a shift. That habit that you create by going out of your house, that's, I mean, that's everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, it completely transitions your mind um, and you know exactly what you need to get into. And it's great being able to leave work at work. Yeah. So many people who work from home, like you said, there's no, everything's overlapped. Yeah. You can just, I can plug back in and at 9 PM be like, Oh yeah. I forget this one thing. Yeah. It never stops. I will say when, so Cody worked from home for years. I mean, he just got this office space in December, January. And we used to get in so many fights about like the dishes or the cleanliness of the home to points where I was like, dude, you're OCD, like go see a therapist. Like just because the shoes are like not in the perfect spot and my my backpack is not like up on a whatever. But now, and I, but I got to leave. So I got to leave and I was like, I don't have time to do this. I don't have time to put this back exactly right. Like I got work to do. I have to leave and come back, whatever. But now that I am working from home, like part, part of the time, he's like, oh, look at you doing the dishes and tidying up because it's just like you're seeing in it. your mm-hmm. environment has to be neat. But more than just like finding the structure to get the focus, there's also a lot to be said for being around people. people like yeah. we're a social species, I was you know? add on to that. And yep. I, I read something recently and I'm sure I'm going to butcher this, but I think it was the author of The Happiness Project talked about, you know, book. didn't they go and like research the happiest countries and the happiest, where people live the longest on earth? It's called the Blue Zones. That's what it is. And so they went and studied the cultures and the places where people live the longest and seem to be the most happy because they just they live and they don't get diseases. And Italy. All there was like a town in Italy that lived. I I don't know if this is what you're talking about, but there was a town in Italy and they drank all the pasta or drink, <laughs> ate, ate all, all the, the pasta, pasta. I drank pasta drank sometimes. Drank all of the wine and were the healthiest people because of their community that yes, they had fostered. That's what it is. And yeah. so they found that the only connection between all these places that are, you know, totally all over the world, like they spend more than 70% of their time mm-hmm in connection with other people, like face-to-face mm. with other people. Well, I will say this. So I'm 100% Italian. My parents were both born in Italy and my, they, you know, so we were having a huge conversation about this. And my my aunt and my grandma are like the thickest Italian accents, super, you know, off the boat. And we're watching them eat. Me and my cousin, were watching them eat. And, you know, they're like throwing bread in their mouth and like eating all these things. And like, you know, we're so worried about gluten and dairy and whatever. And- they're over here like 
85, kicking it, like working in the garden, like going crazy. Eating their pasta. Eating whatever they want. I mean, now granted they cook from home, but they're still using whatever ingredients. And I think it's because Italians, like even my family, everybody, a lot of people stayed at home. Like now it's the cousins, like my age and my cousins that are kind of veering off, but everybody else is at home and they have community and they call each other every day and they have family gatherings every day and they get together with their neighbors. And my grandma went to Italy for a month and she wasn't allowed to do anything. Her brother was like, you're not cooking, you're not cleaning. I was like, did she do? She sat and talked to neighbors. Like they come over and have coffee and they share cookies and they go for walks. And yeah, I mean, I, it always clicks with me. Like it's community. It's, you're just happy because you feel supported and it's, yeah, it's important. Uh, yeah. I, are we the same person? So I'm also first generation Portuguese. And so I have this huge family and it's, they're all together in New Jersey and they're like, why are you in Ohio? Yeah. And, um, but they're all together and family gatherings and, you know, sharing meals together all the time. And, you know, it's, it's obvious to me just how different their lives are having each other versus, you know, this small little family I have here. Yeah. You have the Haven family now. You're I do. building your I family. I do. Here. I am building it. That's very true. Maybe that's why it matters so yeah. much. But honestly, like to to build that family here means a lot, you know, being far apart from mm-hmm. my center in New Jersey. But that makes a lot of sense. Well, okay. So we, oh, go ahead, Liz. I was going to ask. So I feel like a good amount of our listeners may be doing like their own solopreneur thing. But I'm curious, like, what some of the biggest lessons or roadblocks you discovered while doing— because this is like a brick-and-mortar business. There's a whole different—it's a whole different ballgame versus, like, I'm just going to, like, start my own website and, like, offer some services. (laughs) Like, (laughs) what was that like? First of all, just in general, and then together working on that. Like, how did that go? Just start somewhere is my biggest (laughs) lesson ever. Just start somewhere. I think— so many of us just try and get it perfect and mm-hmm. just want it to be this massive thing. And all that is, is our fear getting in the way of us just trying something. And maybe it's because I have that really strong core belief about, you know, learning from your customers and iterating. But it's like, just put something out there. See what sticks. Like, stop being scared. It's, it's less scary the next step and the next step and the next step if you just go. Okay, mm-hmm. this the episode before this was the women's empowerment event. And that was like one of our core takeaways. Takeaways was mm-hmm. just start. And it had to do with any, I mean, people ask. Which I like, need to listen to that episode <laughs> like every day. Well, somebody even asked, they're like, well, you guys are talking a lot about entrepreneurship and owning your own business. What if you, what if it's not that? It was kind of about like finding your happy. Anything. But mm-hmm. it, that's what it came down to. It's with anything. So whether that's you being sort of an introverted person, like maybe take that little step to go to the park or take that little step to go to an event or take that little step to launch your blog or Instagram, you know, it could be with anything. It doesn't have to be huge. Mm -hmm. And then you really have to struggle with the fear of failing and learning through that. And yeah. But I think if you always keep in mind, like, what's the worst that can happen? Mm -hmm. You know, like when we were doing this, it was like, okay, this could fail miserably and we'll both just go get other jobs. Yeah. Okay. I can live with that. And they're done. Like, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's just keep going. Um, So I just think, that's a huge takeaway because we didn't do everything perfectly. Like, who does? Honestly, if you look at us versus the competition in town, we are the little guy, you know, and we could have easily crumbled under the pressure of what these massive developers and the money they have to yeah. do what they're doing. We don't have any of that. But to me, you guys don't seem like the little guys, but maybe it's because my community is your community. Yeah. Because everybody. Yeah, you're very well known to us. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. And our listeners. Like a lot of people that we've had on the podcast, we find out later like work here at Haven. So mm-hmm. I think you're it, maybe it's almost niche too, which is like the women entrepreneurship. It's like that they're here, you know, like yeah. that's your guys's space. It could be, but I think that actually is a nice segue into the second lesson I would say, <laughs> which is you know you're not going to be for everyone, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like letting go of that and understanding that like your people will. You will find your people. Mm-hmm. You know, you will find the people who your message resonates with, Absolutely. who find your pricing fair, who find your structure fair, who really like what you're doing. And you can't be everything to everything or what? You'll be nothing to nobody. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that's, you know, 
that's kind of where we went to. Like we knew what we didn't have and we knew we had to rely on the things that we did. And, you know, the two of us are very good networkers. We're very good at like just hitting the ground and just doing what needs to get done. Mm -hmm. Like you can't rely on the money to advertise and bring in people. Like we knew we had to connect with people one-on-one. We knew we had to have very meaningful conversations. And so we did everything from the standpoint of the community and from what we, what we could do ourselves um, instead of relying on, oh, I've got, you know, this major marketing budget. Yeah. I'm just going right. to throw, you know, throw these things out there and see what sticks. Like, wasn't ever going to be what would work for us. Mm-hmm. There's more purpose so, that way, I think. Absolutely. Yeah, we had to really think hard about every dollar we spent. And so it had to be completely in line with our vision. That makes me feel good just about my health coaching business because that's a very saturated field right now, even in Columbus. It's like there's this health coach and there's this nutritionist and there's this RD and blah, 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 and life coach. And it makes me, it would overwhelm me because I would feel like such a small fish in like this big sea of people. But I've noticed now that I've, you know, started, it really started in May. Like once I left my teaching job, I've just now started to like really kick into it. And I find people are finding me that are meant to find me. So Mm -hmm. I don't need to compare myself to this person and that person who have been doing this for two years or at this level. It's like you, you always are going to gravitate or what's the word? Connect, attract. attract, yeah. Attract the people that are going to respond to you. So I'm just trying to keep that in mind. And it goes for small businesses and your guys's. You're still a small business, I guess. No, not really. You're a big business. I don't know. We're I don't a know the difference between a big the, business and a small business. I'm going to guess you're a small business. I don't know. But like, I know the threshold for small business is like much larger than you would think it would be. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know what that means. When I think of small business, I think of like community and like not huge corporate or something. Like so not all tiered levels. Yeah. I mean, it depends on the lens you're viewing it through. But if you're looking like typically like an economist will look at it. It's like, how many employees do you have and how much gross revenue do you bring in? Oh, yeah. See, I don't even We're small think business. of that. We're small business. <laughs> we, don't have, we don't have employees. Yeah. Number one. So that in itself yeah. makes us a small business. So, but like with coaching, I think I'm, I'm happy. You didn't, couldn't hear me nodding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you could see me, but yeah. you know, absolutely. You're going to find the right people come, that will come to you. And it's just like the members that want to be here at Haven will be here Mm -hmm. and those that don't will be elsewhere. I mean, you know, even with, you know, Danielle's uh, coaching business, she's going to have people who would work with her as a marketing coach versus someone else. Yeah. You know, and and me with my business coaching, same thing. Like, I'm not going to be the right coach for everyone. Mm -hmm. But wait, now, guys, can I talk about your coaching? Because I didn't know this is something you guys did. Now I'm very interested. (laughs) Now this is like, I want a business coach. Um, So, you know, we knew we had to focus on Haven for First, <laughs> that was our biggest responsibility. And so to stay very focused on that. But I mean, just sit in our lounge for a minute and you'll see how many people just come up to our front desk mm-hmm. and are asking, asking us, us needing questions. questions and can you help with this or help with that? And it's always, you know, it's fun. But then it comes to the point where we really want to help people more in depth. Yeah. So, you know, I'm taking limited clientele. Um, yeah. If you want to talk about. I mean, I'm. I'm coaching people on marketing. So basically trying to help you get the foundation of who is your real audience and what is their absolute, you know, what is the problem that they really have Mm. and how are you going to solve it? And how are you different from all the other people trying to solve that problem? So just what I was talking about. Absolutely. (laughs) If you don't have that foundation, then it's hard to grow your business and start talking to Melissa and figuring out, you know, those next steps. Yeah. Yeah, Well, and I feel like you get distracted. If you don't know your own, like who you are and, you know, who your target audience is and what problems you are solving, then when the competition does do stuff, you're like, oh, should be doing that. Should be doing that. Because it's not, you're not tying it back to who you're actually serving. That's where I was. When I first started, I feel like, and I guess that's normal because you're kind of getting your bearings and Mm -hmm. I would relate myself to what I was, everybody else was doing. But now once you start working with a few people, I have a very clear image of like, this is the person for me or like, this is the girl that I'm supposed to be coaching. But it is hard because I'm not, I don't have a business background. I was an education major. So I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of people that know the way they talk. Like I would never think of that. It's just a different perspective. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, and I can't tell you how many people I talk to who, so Danielle coaches on, you know, figuring out who your customer is, but Mm -hmm. then I'm kind of the next phase where you would come to me like, when you know who that is, but 
as an entrepreneur, you're probably like most of us and you have a million ideas. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, no, 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 stop, stop. Like what's the one thing that you want to see through start to finish? And how are we going to focus on that to do two things? Number one, help you learn how to hear your intuitive voice about what to do with your business because you're focused, laser focused Mm -hmm. on the one thing you're trying to accomplish. And number two, how are we going to establish processes that you can repeat anytime you want to launch a new idea within your business? Yeah. But you have to come to me committed to focus on one thing for your business. Yeah, like we're picking months. this thing right. and now we're like, going to… Yeah. Let's say you're a health coach. Like, are you committed to doing one-on-one coaching? Or are you trying to do one-on-one coaching and events and this and that and these online groups? And Okay, fine. You can do all that eventually. But let's get one really good and really tight. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. That's and where I'm at right you can, now. Like building blocks. And you're like, all right, I got this good. Yeah. This and is so now going you, well. Yeah. And so now you've gone through this process of, okay, I took this from start to finish and it's going well and it's chugging. And I can repeat that process with my next mm. stepping stone in my business. And I know how to be confident in my intuition about what to do with my business. Because I think, you know, I always say distraction is fear in disguise. Mm. Yeah. We're doing all these things which we're so scared. Someone's right. not going to buy from us. We're not going to get the next client. Oh, so you're just like trying to keep doing things so that one of them works maybe. Yeah. yeah. That makes so much sense. Yeah. Cassandra Bodzak, who was on our podcast a long time ago, talks about how she's all about like her, her whole business is run intuitively. She, but she's also a very spiritual person. She's like connected to the heavens. <laughs> but she's like everything I've done is something I've, I just feel it in my soul. She's so connected to her business. And I've always felt, I always feel like that's kind of where I'm leaving. But, but. I, I'm going to give a shout out to my business coach, Chris McAllister, because he would argue that that's just her knowing her flow mm. and letting go of the fear. And I think the, it is. No, I think it is and, 100%. And letting go of the, you know, false narratives and, and everything that's clogging your brain from just being in your flow. Because yeah. that's when your intuition. <laughs> There's a big sign that says flow behind right. her. Yeah. It's very apropos. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I we haven't touched on this very much, but how is it working with a friend? Because me and Liz work together with right. the podcast and we're friends. And have you guys ever run into any issues working together? Do you feel like you feed off of each other? Or what happens if you fight? I, everybody wants to know. Everyone wants <laughs> to know. Our fights are so quick. Usually we like snap at each other and I'm like, damn, yeah, I was just a bitch. Yeah. But I'm not even going to apologize because she knows. <laughs> And you're like, we'll get over it. Whatever, I'm over it. And then like two days later, she snaps at me about something. It's like, all right, I deserved it. Yeah. I mean, we're we're the yin and yang, honestly. Like, if we were the same person, we would kill each other. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Pillow in your sleep, hands down. Yeah. You're like, I haven't planned if it ever happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sad. No, but like, we're just, we know what each other's strengths are. And we know, like, I know when I have a problem, it's because it's not my thing. And I need Melissa, mm-hmm. like, and she's the same way with me. Like we, we know to go to each other and we're, we've always been open about that in our relationship, you know, personally. And so it has, it's had some issues like transitioning at first, like trying to find our flow mm-hmm. together as business professionals, but I don't, it's not been, it's not yeah, been that been hard, but I'll take it. I'll, I'll get sappy for a minute. Okay. Because, you know, we definitely are yin and yang. And, it, you know, we learned early on in graduate school, just working on projects and things, just, you know, what she was going to take, what I was going to take. It was never a discussion. We're very lucky that way. And it's um, it's woven into our brand very purposefully. Like, you're sitting in the flow conference room. We also have the hustle conference room Oh, yeah. Upstairs. We talked about that at the beginning of, well, before we recorded, yeah. the flow in the hustle room. But I'm very hustle. She's very flow. And, like, our energies are just that juxtaposition. And, you know, I couldn't, I can finally admit that I probably couldn't work with someone who didn't allow me to be the loud voice mm-hmm. and upfront and boisterous and salesy and just there. And, you know, that Danielle— like this us. is very us. And Danielle is, yeah. has enough grace and humility to allow me to be that person. And I could never—I don't know. Well, I don't know if I thanked you for that, but thanks. <laughs> You're very welcome. (laughs) I wouldn't be here if it weren't for Melissa because I never wanted to be an entrepreneur. I never felt like I had the drive in me. Like it wasn't ingrained in me from from being raised by entrepreneurs or anything like that. Like I didn't have that like Melissa did. And so there's no one else I would have ever started a business with ever. This it was feels, only her. This feels very us. I'm like watching. I'm like, look, I'm Danielle. <laughs> because, in, I mean, Liz, I don't think you ever would have started a podcast. No. Or ever even thought of starting a blog. No. 
Unless you ran into somebody else that was doing something that inspired you, of course. Yeah, maybe. But Probably not. But I, it's funny. I'm clearly the talker. Everybody knows this. I'm always the one that's like making the connections and being loud and going up. You are the, you are the grounded one. You are the steady one. Yeah. (laughs) She's the one that like, when we have to launch our rebrand, like, I'm, I have all the ideas. I feel and like then I'm Debbie she, Downer. I'm like, have you considered this? Have yeah. you thought about But then this? she's the one that's like, all right, I'm going to handle talking to the bank and like, I'm going to get all of this done and like, here are credit union information. Like, she's the one that handles <laughs> all of that stuff. The practical stuff. And then I'm the one that's like, okay, here's the idea. Can you tell me how to make that happen? Which is interesting because <laughs> that's also what I do in my job. Like, my professional job is my boss is an entrepreneur and she's very like big picturing. And she's like, let's do that. And I'm like, all right, now I have to figure out how to do this. Yeah. So. Well, that's, it's a perfect union. Cause it's like, there's strategy and then there's implementation mm-hmm. and strategy is nothing without implementation and mm-hmm. vice versa. So mm-hmm. it just, the best teams are made up that way. Even when you think of corporate, it's why a good CEO has a good COO mm-hmm. because the CEO is coming up with all the ideas yeah. and then the COO is making it all happen. Right. Oh my gosh, that's a good point. No, but for real, like I love listening to to women pairs. It's maybe I'm sexist, I don't know, but just like seeing like two people working together and the vibe of that and the way you guys are communicating. I don't know, you just are so relatable and hopefully our listeners found that to be the fact or the case too. Cool, I hope so too. Um so for those of uh, our listeners in Columbus, how can they find you? Where can they find you? Give them more of the details. Well, Physically, you can find us in Upper Arlington on Riverside Drive with a beautiful gray building with a bright green roof. Um, it's very happy and cheerful. On, online, you can find us on our website, havencolumbus.com. You can find us on Instagram at haven.collective, on Facebook and LinkedIn. So, I mean, that's, we're, we're pretty much, yeah. And also, you know, we get a lot of feedback about the events we have. People love attending them. Members can always attend for free, but anyone can join us. If you go on Eventbrite and just type in Haven Collective, you'll see everything we have going on here. Everything from our personal development, professional development, and networking events to the wonderful events that our members have. And now, for anybody that's not local, maybe they heard you guys talk about your coaching. Do you guys do that? Or is it in per- like uh, distance coaching? Or do you do that in person? We can, we can do that anywhere. Okay. So if people want to find you that are not local, they can still do that. They're like, I resonated with these girls. I want to connect with them anyway. For sure. So it's pretty easy. Melissa at havencolumbus.com. Danielle at havencolumbus.com. Perfect. We'll put all that in the show notes for you guys. Thank you. Thanks for letting us take your space, set up all these microphones. And this was so much fun. Yeah, Yeah, this was, I was a little like nervous doing my first podcast, but this is really fun. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Sit and chat. Yeah. Well, thanks again for tuning into the episode. We really hope that you enjoyed hearing from the founders of the Haven Collective and please check them out. Um, All the ways that they listed, we'll have all the information in the show notes too. So make sure you stay tuned there. And as a reminder, please check out our Patreon. As Nina mentioned in the beginning, we have revamped it and we have lots of cool stuff there. So that's patreon.com slash finding your shine podcast. You can donate as little to as a dollar. Yeah. And we'll be like 15. Hey, shout you out. Thank you. And we love you. Yeah. (laughs) That's it, guys. We will catch you on next week's episode. Bye.